Thank you, guys. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today is a great day. Great day. I've got a friend in here that happens to be here. No more than just a few weeks ago, he was on death's door. I mean to say, Shane, it's nice to see you. This is my friend Shane. Praise God. His kidneys had given out on him so bad that they were talking about putting an end to him right there, so letting him die. And he looks over me and said, don't let him kill me, brother. Don't let him kill me. <laughs> but praise God, it's good to see you're up and moving, Shane. Speaking of moving mountains, that's an answer to prayer. Uh, praise God. I just, uh, there was a time right then when I, I thought that that was it, so... Uh, we do, we pray to God, He answers our prayers, and I tell you the, uh, the miracles that He do, you know, we, we can't even fathom all of the miracles that's taking place every day. If we'll take time, just a little bit of time, and, and look around, you can see these miracles, you know, but not unless you do, and remember who they come from. They come from our Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to start off with prayer right now and uh, ask the Lord's uh, help in this. So, Father, we come to you this morning, Lord God, giving you praise. I thank you so much for the love you have for us, Lord God, that you loved us so much that you gave your son for us, Lord. Uh, Father, I'm thankful every day that to have the opportunity to walk with you and to uh, share my life with you, Father. I thank you so much uh, for what you're doing in our community and in this church as well. Lord, uh, the love in this church is just fantastic. The fruit of the Spirit is definitely here, Father. I ask your anointing today, Lord. I ask that the ears be open, the eyes be opened, Father, that your word would go into the hearts of everybody here and those that are listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, last month was the Intersections of Love. That was the title of the, our monthly thing. And, and uh, if you think about it, every sermon that is preached is preached of love, even on those that have chastisement in them. Because why? Because God is love. God is love. And one thing about the Bridge Church, our congregation shows that love to people and to strangers. When you come through these doors, you know that you're loved. You can feel it. I've talked to so many people that say they've come in and they've felt the love of Christ when they come through the doors. And that's because that's the fruit. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. That is God is love, and when you all move that way, walk in that spirit, and reach out to others with the love that Christ has given us, hey, man, there's just nothing you can do but just go, well, that felt good. That's really good. So uh, thank you all for, for your love and, and support to, to, to each other and to, uh, to the people that come through the door here. So... You know, we started the food giveaway a long time ago, and uh, we, we uh, didn't know what to call it. It went on for a couple of years, and, and uh, we were giving lots of food away. We decided we'd try to, 
try to give it its own name, you know, and uh, we prayed about it, prayed about it, and Stevie came up with a name, it's called Pallets of Love, and we all prayed about that, and sure enough, that's what we ended up calling that ministry, it's Pallets of Love, uh, because God's love is in every pallet, every box of food that we give to everybody. Uh, Jesus said, if you give to your neighbor as given to me, you've given it to me. So it's just like giving it to Jesus every time that we do that. And the Holy Spirit leads this church. Open your Bibles, if you've got your Bibles, to uh, Romans 8, verse 1. Romans 8, verse 1. And uh, there is there for now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. This is a privilege. This is a privilege to every true believer. There's no condemnation now. This is a comfort. The Bible and everything that's written in it, the kings, the priests, the prophets, and all the teachings of the apostles and of our Lord Jesus Christ, from Genesis to Revelation, is God's law, which, by the way, was given by inspiration of God. Second Timothy tells us in 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And it's by this law that everything in the universe is governed, and by the law that all are judged. In Joshua 1.8, the Lord said to Joshua, This book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This book of law, you keep it in your mouth. It's always there. It's always ready. We should be ready at all times to tell people the love of Christ, to let them know that there's a way, and that is Jesus Christ. Now, there are those that don't believe in it, that this law is still in effect, but it is in effect, whether they believe it or not. Look at Romans 8.1 again. I'm going to read that again. Therefore, there are no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, he doesn't say that there's no accusations 
There is. But the thing is, they've been thrown out. They've been quashed. Okay? He doesn't say that there's no affliction, because there is. But the thing is, the indictment has been quashed. And he says that the affliction, or that there's a lot of displeasure in affliction, excuse me, but there will probably is, but there's no condemnation. And that's the thing that we want to keep in mind here, that we have no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We may be chastened by the Lord, but we won't be condemned with the world. This comes from our glorious union with Christ Jesus through the faith in his atoning blood. Romans 3:28 tells us this. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. The privilege of justification is that there is no condemnation to us, the believers. Justified, never sinned. Justified. Justified, never sinned. The privilege of sanctification is that we walk by the Spirit, not after the flesh, which is no less our privilege than our duty. Romans 8, 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. That doesn't mean that the law has been done away with. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus supersedes the law of sin and death. Think of it this way. The law of gravity is a law whether you believe it or whether you don't. But if you jump off of a bridge or out of a plane or something like that, you'll end up in a pile all the way going down. You can say there is no law of gravity. And this is the same thing with the law of sin and death. You might say, well, I don't believe in that, but that's still the law. This is the law. This is the law that you're governed by. This is the law that you'll be judged by is God's law. Men have for a long time been trying to defy gravity since the beginning of time. And they've looked at the birds. They've seen them fly. They've dreamed of flying like the eagles. How is it that this law doesn't apply to them? This law of gravity. How is it that it doesn't apply to the eagles? Well, it does. It applies to everything. It applies to all, just like the law of God. The Mosaic law applies to everyone. How is it, then, uh, that the law doesn't affect them? Well, it does. And the law of gravity is still in effect. It's just that God knows a greater law than the law of gravity, and this law is the law of lift. And it took a long time for men to discover this law. I got a little video of it. If, uh, yeah, here it is up here. Detroit, first Alcala helicopter made its bow. As light as 
How's that, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's the way some religions are, man. It's just not gonna fly. <laughs> you know, you take a look at that one, what going plunk, plunk, plunk like that. You know, you might get a little bit of, of you might feel like it's working for a minute, but it's not gonna fly. You've got to have Christ Jesus. You've got to have Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Let's take a look at an airplane. Can you put that? It's heavy and it's held to the ground by the same law of gravity that man is held by the ground. So how in the world can you defy gravity and fly? Well, that's just like the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's greater than the old law, the law of sin and death. So man had to find a way that was greater than the law of gravity. And that's what God did for us when he gave his son, Jesus, that would supersede the law of sin and death. Now, there are four forces that enable a plane to fly. You got lift. You got thrust. You got gravity which is the weight down here, and drag, or weight, the downward acting force. Drag is the backward or retarding force produced by air resistance. Lift happens. Lift happens when the wind flows above and below the surface of the airplane wing, and the, the below the surface, or uh, the airplane wing, the upper wing surface is greater than that of the lower surface flowing above the wing, and it's exhilarated more than air flowing beneath the wing, and as a result, the reduction in air pressure above the wing 
will be greater than the pressure reduction along the lower wing surface, and this counts for what we call lift. So the, the airplane actually lifts. It doesn't be, it's not pushed up, but it is lifted up, okay? So as it goes under and over, you've got to have your thrust, you've got to get the airplane moving fast enough to experience that. So what makes the law of lift greater than the law of gravity? But it, it's, it's no, uh, it's in order to get the airplane over the wing, you need to have thrust to propel the plane forward. Okay, so we have the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is lift. Thrust is the word of God, is what I put for that. And gravity is like uh, sin of death, and drag is like Satan, always trying to hold us back. So as long as we have our power source to produce thrust, the airplane will fly. So we need to continue forward in the Holy Spirit, in the Word of God, as we enjoy the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's just like an airplane. Without its power source, the plane will fall to the ground. My instructor used to do a, a training exercise as we were flying. He'd reach over and he'd turn the power off on the airplane. And like, oh, here we go. We're starting to go down. You know, he says, now find a place. He says, find a place that you could perhaps land this thing. If you had an engine failure, you know, and I'm looking around, there's nowhere I'm going to be able to bring a plane down. You know, first time up in an airplane, you're all scared and stuff. And, and uh, so we, we said, put the nose down, because you've got to have accelerated speed. So we put the nose down, change the, ac the uh, accent of the plane. You go down, you get your airspeed going again, you get that lift working on the airplane wing again, and you glide. You can glide for quite a while without coming to the ground, without crashing to the ground. And you know, a lot of Christians have done the same thing. They've shut their power source off. They're still gliding. They're gliding along. They're gliding along. But eventually, they're going to come down. The drag is there. Satan's always there dragging your flesh. The cares of this world, they're always there pulling you down, waiting down the plane. The law of gravity is still in effect there. But the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from that law of sin and death. So, if we like the airplane, if we'll take our power source and get it moving again, get into that word. Get into the word of God. Allow him to lead and direct. That's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He leads and directs. He shows us how to go. And we use him as our power source. <clears throat> but anyway, that was a pretty scary thing. And uh, when he'd tell me to go ahead and do that, and he did another thing that's called a stall. We'd go up and it would stall the airplane, and you'd, you'd actually, that, that lift that was on the airplane wing becomes greater on the bottom than it does on the top, and it causes the airplane to fall out of the sky. So you start falling like that, so you got to get your nose down, you got to get going again, get that speed up, and sometimes that's the way it is with the Word of God, you know. Sometimes 
We try to climb a little too fast. We do something and we stall out. So just remember, Jesus, Jesus is the way. Jesus is our power source. It's like drag on an airplane. Satan's always trying to drag us down. He's always there to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to drag us down, but we need to continue in the Word and maintain our forward thrust. You know, our Father loves us so much that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believe on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We talked about that this month a little bit. and It's just something that you can't overlook is that He loves us so much. Whenever you think of love, because God is love, He loved His Son so much that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, you know, the angel said to uh, uh, Joseph in Matthew one twenty one, he says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He said, you'll call his name Jesus. The Greek translation of the Hebrew name is Joshua, which means Savior. Why? Because he will save you from your sins. You've often heard people save me from what? From your sins. It's that easy. You know, some people think, well, I don't need saving. There it is. The law of gravity still in effect. The law of sin and death is still there. Whether you believe it or not, it's there. You're governed by it. God runs this universe. He's in charge of everything. Not you and not me. And as long as uh, you sit there and say, I don't believe in that, you can say that all you want, but you're going to come to the end. You're going to come to, a, to the ground. Acts 4.12 reads, Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Just like those airplanes trying to fly. This might be this religion. This might be the Muslim religion or whatever the other religions. And they might, they might experience just a little bit of forward motion. Boom. They're done. They can't get that law of lift. And that's the thing about the Word of God, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from that law of sin and death. Jesus is the only name that will restore a withered body, heal someone with leprosy, or open the eyes of the blind, and heal the lame, and don't forget, even raise the dead and forgive sins. And by that name and the power in that name, if we believe, God grants us eternal life in Christ Jesus. Romans 10, 9, it says that if thou wilt, shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe, this is the good part, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, 
And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, I've seen a lot of people say, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, the devil believes in Jesus. It's with your heart that you need to believe for salvation, okay? And with your mouth, confession is made. John 3, verse 3. Oh, I didn't read the verse 10 on, on Romans. Verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And in the book of John 3, verse 3, now last week Daniel had talked about Nicodemus, and this is Nicodemus who he's talking to when, when he says this. Jesus answered to him and said, Verily, verily, I say to you, to thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want you to understand that right there. Except a man be born again. Now, it's not me. This is Jesus talking. This is, the, this is what I try to tell people. You know, I didn't make this up. Jesus is the one that said this. He says, unless you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay? You're not going to even get to look at it. You cannot see the kingdom of God. That's pretty intense. And Nicodemus said to him in verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, there it is again. He's saying it, he's saying it, he's claiming twice. Verily, verily, and listen, listen, listen. I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. By him and only him, by receiving and embracing his doctrine of salvation is available to all that believe. There's no other name. There's no other way. All those airplanes that tried, they didn't have the law of lift working for them, did they? And same thing with all the religions you see around the world. They don't have the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has made us free from the law of sin and death. The law is still there. That old law is still there. It's just that Jesus supersedes this law. This law is greater. It's greater. We have one that is greater. It's Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. Now in Galatians, in Galatians, he says, there's no other way to save a sinful soul. Paul, Paul put it this way in Galatians 1.8. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And he says it again here. As we said before, so I say again, just like Jesus said, verily, verily, well, he's saying it twice here. As I said before, 
So I say, now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. Now under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul was pronouncing damnation on anyone who preached a different gospel. Get a hold of that. Anybody that's preaching a different gospel other than the one that's in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation is preaching damnation. Okay? He was concerned in this context with the legalism of those who are blending the idea of the sinner's own works with faith in Christ as a precondition for justification. This is so important point. He says, as we said before, I say again, he has to say it again. It's so important that we understand this. No matter if an angel from heaven claims he has a new way, or a preacher, or someone calling himself a prophet, preaches another gospel, then the gospel that Paul had preached, don't listen to him. Time to plug your ears. Don't listen to it. Step away from it. Being saved is definitely a comfort that we enjoy as believers. It's so nice to know that we are joined together with Christ and that we will spend eternity with him. You know, when we think of meeting our loved ones, those that have gone before us, or if we know that we're going to die and we go before, we know that we'll be joined together with those that come after if if they believe in Christ, if they have accepted him as Lord and Savior. Those are the ifs. Other words are going to be just like those airplanes bouncing up and down, just like the one with stupid wings going along. It looked pretty good. It looked like it should fly. If you'd stand back and look at it, you think, man, that's going to fly. And with these other religions, you stand back and you look at it and you think, yeah, that's going to fly. It's not going to fly, folks. It's not. If it's not done the way Jesus said that to be done, just like Paul said, if there's a different gospel preached other than the one that we preach, let him be accursed. In Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, it says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned to fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof thy ministry. These end times that we're in, you're hearing a lot of different things. You're hearing a lot of different gospels out there. I turn on the TV, and it's just cluttered with stuff that doesn't fly. It's cluttered with stuff that isn't in the Bible. They're wanting you to give so you can get money for yourselves. It's not the right reasons, folks. 
But he said the time will come when they won't endure sound doctrine. And that time is right now. There are gospels being preached that are not the gospel of the kingdom of God. They might look like the gospel, just like those airplanes look like they'd fly. They might appear to be okay. They might have a good club. They might have a lot of people that come to their club. It's not the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus told us in John 14, 1, starting in the first verse, he said, let, your, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. You know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Hallelujah. And that is the life of men, and he became flesh and dwelt among us, as of the only begotten of the Father. So, let your hearts not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, this is the good part. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Praise God. What a, what a thing to have Jesus tell. That's Jesus' words speaking there. Now, he said not to be troubled, and I looked up that translation uh, in the Greek. Uh, it's called Tarasso, Tarasso, and it means this. This is going to blow you away anyway. Troubled means this, to agitate, trouble a thing by movement of its parts to and fro, to cause one inward commotion, take away his calmness of mind, disturb his equanimity, to disquiet, to make restless, to stir up, to trouble, to strike one's spirit with fear and dread, to render anxious or distressed, to perplex the mind of one by suggesting scruples or doubts, itching ears, scruples or doubts. In other words, he wants us to be very sure and not be troubled. Not to have doubts, but to trust in him. Not to be anxious or distressed, but to trust in him. So I'm asking today, do you trust Jesus Do you know that you're born again? Are you sure of your walk with Christ? Then he tells us he's going to prepare a place for us. Then he reassures us by saying, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. Praise God. I just love that so much. Where is Jesus? 
He's in heaven making intercession for you and me. That's where we get to go. That's the promise. Be not troubled. Now that we know that we're saved, is that it? Can I have the, the worship team come up? Now that we know that we're saved, is that it? What should we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then in verse 14 of Romans 6, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. For Paul, the doctrine of justification by faith is a powerful incentive to holiness. So we got thrust, just like the airplane. We need to increase our thrust in knowledge of the Word of Christ, Word of God. We got the lift, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. The believer is no longer condemned, but justified by grace through faith of Christ Jesus. And three, gra gravity is our sins, the law of sin and death that drags us down. And then the drag is the flesh, the cares of this world, unforgiveness, our adversary, the devil. Can we play this song? I'll fly away. <laughs> 